lovely people and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach from Think Chat and today is episode 34. We're in our application series and we're going to apply our understanding of agency and action. Super excited today um, because this is our final uh, episode of our application series. If you haven't had a chance to apply your learning of the learner profile and international mindedness, I'd suggest you do this before moving forward. It's a great chance for you to synthesize and apply your understanding of the big ideas to your school or unit context. This is our ultimate goal, right? As practitioners with any type of professional development that we partake in, that we make meaningful application to what we are already doing because we want to make it practical and we want to make it applicable. So as we know, agency and action take up a lot of space within the practice of the PYP. And it's changed greatly within the last um, two years, two and a half years, but for the better. Agency and action now, that partnership is so much more tangible. It makes sense to me they shape everything that we do so we need to take some time to apply it you know to our practice because it's big right and we're gonna remind ourselves a little bit about the role Rem um, because there's so many steps remember that um, agency has three components voice, choice, and ownership. And then there's kind of, I think, an overall, like, all-encompassing, just general um, agentic thinking that we do um, that it can apply to any of them, right? So let's start with voice. So we can start off with everyone's voice is heard, where we're making sure that um, all of our students have a chance to be heard whether it be whole or small group discussions. Utilizing a variety of ways to express voice, whether that be through the arts, through videos, through blogs, through music, you know, audio, whatever it might be to expand our thinking of how children can express their voice. And making those relevant connections, going back and having children make connections to their personal lives, because that's when though we connect right and we we touch hearts and that's where the learning stays group discussions so we know the power of collaboration but it's those um, deep discussions and teaching children how to discuss authentically and richly giving extra time so that children can have moments of tranquility so that they can come up with their unique voice because that takes a moment as we know okay so now let's move on to choice remember choice is where we provide students the opportunity to help us co-create certain learning choices in the classroom do they drive everything sometimes do you drive everything sometimes it depends on the context you don't have to have this be every moment of the day, um, but we're trying to find a balance. So 
We can provide choice in co-creating content, having children help us create what's going to be learned. The leveled questioning, teaching children how to question um, for different contexts. Allowing children to choose um, the materials that they want to use to create an engagement rather than just providing everything for them. Allowing students to have some voice and choice in how the learning space is designed. What strategies that they want to self-select so that they can best know how to share their voice. They need to have some choices. Um, too much choice can also be um, mind-boggling, right, for a child. So you might want to start with two to three in the beginning and then move to five to eight. Organizers. So strategies is how, but how are you going to organize it so that it makes sense? Um, they need to have a bank of those that they can self-select. Also, we talked about choice in regards to format. It goes with voice, right? Are we going to talk about video, text, groupings that, and they get to self-select which groups they're going to participate in at times, and also the projects in which they explore. All right, so now let's look at ownership. With ownership, we want them to buy into the process by co-creating that those essential agreements those agreements of behavior, of um, academic success, also shifting our mindset to allowing students to have more ownership of the learning experience. Supporting creative thinking, thinking outside the box, where children take more guidance of, hey, I think it's best to explore it this way. What do you think? Instead of us creating every dynamic of the learning. Provide feedback and feed forward so that they're armed with tools um, where they can move themselves forward and, and help to self-adjust their behavior. And then give freedom. That's some tinkering time where we give them freedom and give them faith that they're going to rise above. Now agency overall is how are we going to structure our, you know, who controls the structure of the classroom? Um, the actual activities, the time, all of that. Who's controlling the relationships? Um, who's working together? Um, all of that. Who's controlling the collaboration? Who gets to work with each other? Um, Who's controlling the resources and who's controlling how the physical environment is arranged? So all of those things impact voice, choice, and ownership. So just a reminder. And then our types of action, we have the what I call level two action, which is thinking, feeling, knowing, being, saying, and doing. How all of those things impact the types of action we do. I remember kind of level one is like turning off the lights, those physical concrete things, using less paper, recycling, right? And then level three actions that now that the PYP has set for us that they don't call them level three, I do. Um, 
then this is the benchmark of participation, advocacy, social justice, social entrepreneurship, and lifestyle choices. And how are we going to be able to teach that to a first grader? Because that's the expectation now. Are we going to break that down? So this is your task. Woo. And you can see this table if you're a visual person like me. You can see this table on my blog. Um, I'll be updating my blog shortly. Um, and then you can see the table. So we're going to use a strategy that I call choices, choices, choices. And I want you to use this strategy to help take a deeper look at how we use agency and action more readily in our practice. So you're going to look at this table and you're going to see all these choices, right? And as adults, we can filter through these choices and decide which ones um, do I think I can implement right away. So that's the first part, right? And then which ones are going to take a minute? So they might, so I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, so I have six, I have half a school year left. And so I'm going to focus on what's going to take some time to put into practice by the end of the school year. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, when you return, you know, what can you start off with? Or what can you have um, done realistically by the mid-year. Then the second step is to look again at your choices. Which ones do you not have listed that you would like to explore but you don't quite know where to start? Um, these are usually the ones that yield the biggest fruit that are going to give you more bang for your buck. So that's why they're hard, right? And so um, we're going to take a look at those. And then the step three is we're going to basically brainstorm of how we can break it down and make it into bite-sized chunks so that we don't feel overwhelmed. And then the fourth step, as we always know, we have to take it back to our team because it will die with us if we don't go back to our team share ideas sometimes our team let's face it won't like our ideas or say we're not quite ready for that yet we haven't developed and that's okay but we can put it in the planner as a possibility for future right and that's the ultimate goal because we want to make tangible application to what we're already doing so let's take a look at example so that you know how to do this. Um, if you feel confident, go in peace, friend, and do it right now. If you feel like, I need some guidance, I need an example, please stay with me right now. Okay, so I'm going to unpack how I thought of this um, from looking at the table. So step one, one that I can implement right now, I feel as a practitioner of where I'm at, is the type, uh, sorry, the type of actions level two. So that's our thinking, feeling, saying, doing, being. What I need to do, which I can do right away, is I need to introduce each of them to my students. 
and provide concrete examples of them. And how I can do that is have, while they're working, take pictures of them doing different actions. So I'm gonna pre-plan this, right? So um, I might be able to implement this within the next week. So over the next week, I'll be capturing photos as they're working. And when it's time to unpack the types of action, then what I can do is give them some concrete examples. Hey, when you did this, this was an example of, of this type of action. I noticed when you did this, this is an example, so that it makes it authentic and also relevant, right? Very powerful. And I need to be able to present this daily, either in my physical or virtual learning setting. So if I utilize virtual learning setting, such as like a Bitmoji, it might be there on my Bitmoji platform, right? Okay, so then how am I going to implement it the second half of my school year? Remember, right now, a little bit way down the road, a milestone. So one that I think is going to take a minute is collaboration. And this is in the agency overall column. This is going to take some time. I still, as a practitioner, um, I think maybe many of you are with me, are still trying to figure out Many of us have gone into a hybrid um, learning situation where we have some physical kids in the room and we have some kids that are virtual and trying to manage both groups at the same time or we might be completely virtual or we might be completely face-to-face. -face. Obviously, face-to-face -face is the easiest to do, but we're all in different learning situations right now. So because of that, I'm thinking of my staff and and our learning situation which is hybrid collaboration is very difficult because uh, we use Microsoft Teams it's mandated and they just added the meeting rooms none of us have training on how to navigate meeting rooms and you know the utilizing essential agreements to deal with conduct in those meeting rooms, how do you get work done, how do you check on them, how do you facilitate between rooms, that's going to take a minute. So, yeah, so that's my goal there. Um, my step two is the harder but better choice. When I went through the whole list, something that really stuck with me is um, a variety of ways to express voice. Um, allowing children to have a toolkit of possibilities of voicing themselves through art, video, blogs, whatever it might be, coding, you know, because I think that um, this is powerful for sure, because now we're tapping into student um, individual learning styles and needs. But how do we manage that? How do you, do you have to be the superstar and all that? And so step three is breaking it down. Uh, step two is I thought, okay, how am I gonna do this? So I'm gonna brainstorm with my students different ways that they would like to express their understanding of big ideas. Then have students work in small groups to research and apply a strategy and teach it to the class. 
So uh, it's not on me to know all the strategies. So for example, have a group, learn how to create a Powtoon, and then share the process of doing it with the rest of the class. And then at milestones within the unit where you're like, okay, this is complete, we're moving on, allow students to choose from the pool of strategies that have been reciprocal taught to each other, which one they think best fits the task in the situation. And then ask students to reflect on the process and identify what worked and needs to be modified in the future. So there might be a strategy they thought was good, but it just didn't fit this situation. And then repeat the process, you know, throughout the unit, but regularly reflect on which tools work better than others. And then over time, add more strategies to the toolkit so that students get engaged and, you know, some things are going to work better than others, uh, depending on the role and the situation. And then, of course, step four, go back to my team and share my ideas. So it can be put into action. Sounds easy, right? <laughs> so final thoughts, my friends, is something that came to my mind after our agency in action series is that we live in a world of endless choices, choices that our mothers and grandmothers did not have. When my mother was, you know, my age, she had she was on the cusp. Um, she was basically could be a secretary, a teacher, and a librarian, right? And now as women, we have endless choices of different careers that we want and that we can have, or what college we can go to, or what cities we're going to live in. Will I take a gap year? Will I travel the world? Will I live abroad? All of these choices will be facing our students as they age. And if we don't get students to practice with making choices at a young age, they're going to greatly struggle and be overwhelmed in making informed choices when it truly matters. Think about that. So that's why it's so important to give agency to our children so that they make the correct and informed choice as an adult. So the last three episodes, whoo, they have been focused on applying our knowledge and understanding into our practice. It's been so much fun for me. This is so important if we want to make lasting change and grow in our practice. Reflection and application are never easy, my friends, because they require us to change. And as we know, change can be scary and daunting at times. My goal has been to get the dialogue started so it's easier for you to approach your team with tangible suggestions for improvement. Whew, not an easy task either. So see you in the next episode and remember to hold on to that passion. <laughs>